Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him. Because he had trusted, there's faith, in his God. Notice, as you look at that faith, he had trusted in God. What did we say to you earlier? There has to be an object. What was his object of faith? God. But it was also his history with God. He had that ability before because of God's faithfulness to him. One of the problems with reading the stories in the Bible where God did miracles is thinking that the only way God works miracles is in big, spectacular ways. That kind of thinking leads to a belief that God can't help you with the normal things in life. Pastor Mark will be teaching today that if you're thinking that way, you need to change that up. He won't be talking about the events that happen, but the mindset of the people those things happened to. You'll learn that there are miracles both large and small, and it's vital that you learn that God's already doing them. You just need to recognize them for what they are. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 11 as he continues his message, Faith That Pleases God. What do you think was going through Daniel's mind as he was being led to the lion's den? Obviously, this wouldn't have been the first time somebody had been taken to the lion's den. I really don't know what went through his mind. But let me remind you, where is the battle? It's right here. I actually believe that as he's going, and you're going to see this twice, and it's a good reminder of us, I believe he's thinking about the character and the nature of God. Nothing impossible with God. I believe he's also going back to his history. Now, we know Daniel at this point, you know how old he is? About 80 years old. He's been serving God since he's a teenager, all these years in the foreign country. How much history has he got? Many years. I remember I told you at the beginning of the service, start thinking about your history. How much history do you have with God? That should build your faith. So obviously it wouldn't have been pleasing. I'm sure there would have to be some fear. I really don't know what was going on. We're not really told. But notice what the king says to Daniel. This encourages me. May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. Now that's being light and salt. The king knew about Daniel's God. And he also knew that Daniel was what? He served him. He served him continually. Thank you for serving your God. Thank you for being here. This service will help your faith. 
This will encourage your walk with God. Now a stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet ring, with the rings of his nobles. So that Daniel's situation might not be changed. How many know a stone is not going to stop God? Amen, Easter. Well, the king returned to his palace, and he spent the night without eating and without entertainment, any entertainment being brought into him, and he could not sleep. This is where the song came, tossing and turning, tossing and turning all night. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. Now, what can you see from that verse? Why didn't he sleep? Because he loved Daniel. He respected Daniel. Daniel may have never heard that. But see, the king was what? Watching Daniel. The people you work with, they're watching you. You may never hear it, but they're watching you. We're to be different. That's the whole Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5. Don't be like the world. Be different. We're to be different people because we have a different God. Not better. We're to be different. So he says here, at first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. Anxious right there. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel. Notice the voice in an anguished voice. He's wondering, will I hear anything? Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, it's not his yet, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel answered, O king, live forever. How do you think he said those words? Hip, hip. I'm alive. I'm alive. He is risen. Whatever. I mean, it's there. It's there. Now, isn't this interesting to you? Daniel had a better night's rest than Darius. And the natural doesn't make any sense at all, does it? He slept the whole night. Now, why did that happen? I think it's very important. You understand, we're in a physical world. And we operate by our five senses, sight, hearing, taste, touch, and smell. Faith is not in that world. Faith is in the spiritual world. So Daniel reminds us that the real me and you is spiritual. In that spiritual world, faith enables us to see the unseen. Daniel was able to see by faith, even I believe as he got ready to walk in there, God shutting the mouths of the lions by faith. Remember, faith provides a certainty about things we can't see. So if that faith was there, faith believes God's promises without physical evidence. Now, when faith arose. Where in the world did Daniel get his faith? He had personal history with God. All those years, Daniel was still wired and inspired to trust God. He was 80 years old, and God had never failed him. In spite of this amazing, intense spiritual warfare, he had faith, a faith that pleased God. I want you to write two things. You know the first one. Faith that isn't tested can't be trusted. This is not the first time Daniel was tested. 
He was tested over and over and over and over. 80 years. He'd been there probably 65 years, something like that. The world always, Romans chapter 2, always trying to squeeze it into their way of thinking. Force him to serve and worship pagan gods. But all the time, he resisted that change. Here's the next thing you want to write. The best place to be is in the center of God's will. When Daniel is in the lion's den, he's in the will of God. Paul and Silas were in jail. They were in the will of God. Daniel is there, and that's where you and I want to be. The circumstances really don't matter. You and I simply want to be in that place, the will of God, just so we are where God wants us to be. Now, when you begin thinking about this, not only does biblical history increase my faith, but my personal history with God increases my faith for tomorrow. It's not just biblical. We're studying Daniel, and I'm getting faith from that. It's challenging me from that. But there's another part you have to think about. It has to understand that I'm not Daniel. I'm Mark Balmer. I have to have my own faith tested and trusted and increased. Paul says, forgetting those things that are behind, I press forward. Forgetting our failures is very good because God forgives. Failure is never final. Maybe you are living in the past. As you get older, you have more things to think about. You have all kind of past stuff, and you like to talk about all the things that God did in the past. But I want to challenge you. It's not bad as long as it isn't things that raise you up. I'm thinking all the great things I did and how God did that back then. No, if it's history, the reason David was successful against Goliath, because he'd already killed the lion. The same God that helped me kill the lion and the bear, he's going to help me kill Goliath. So what I'm trying to say is my personal history with God increases my faith for tomorrow because there's going to be new challenges. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. I have a lot of things God's done for me. I want you to just stop for a moment. And tomorrow morning in your devotion, write you a couple great reminders of when you were in a pit in a lion's den and it didn't like there was any way out. And guess who came through? The reason you're here is because God came through. That should jumpstart you. That should remind you of all the things that God has done. That should give you faith, not for Daniel, but for you. He said, Pastor Mark, but man, I think I am in that pit with that, and that snowy day, and I'm right in there with that line, and it doesn't look too good to me. doesn't matter. If you're there in the will of God, God's going to take care of that. That's what faith is. Well, I don't see it. No, you don't see faith. It's not in the physical. It's in the spiritual. Now, as you begin to think of that, we want to live life not just looking in the past. You want to look life forward. You want to have zeal. You want to have passion. If you're here and all of your talk about your relationship with God is past tense, then there's a problem. Because God is a God of today. A church that only talks about what God has done in the past is a church that's dying. That's why I challenge you. We're always looking for fresh things God has done. Why? Because the battle is the Lord's. We just want to go forward. So I encourage you, if you're spending all the time looking in the rearview mirror, there is a value to that. 
if it's building your faith. But you can't live, you can't drive looking in that mirror. You must drive through the windshield of faith and hope and expectation for tomorrow. Can I hear an amen about that? So challenge yourself. Don't get stuck. Remember the children of Israel for 40 years. Saved, stuck, and satisfied. Don't be that way. God's a God of today and tomorrow. He's leading us. Well, notice what else Daniel says. My God sent his angel. And he shut the mouths of those lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, O king. And the king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted, there's faith, in his God. Notice, as you look at that faith, he had trusted in God. What did we say to you earlier? There has to be an object. What was his object of faith? God. But it was also his history with God. He had that ability before because of God's faithfulness to him. Now, at the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel, king was pretty sharp, were brought in and thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and children. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. That's sad. But see, God will not be mocked. As we move toward the tribulation, which is God's wrath upon our earth, we don't see really God's wrath today. But God's wrath is coming. They're coming a time because God's just. He's going to say, I don't want anybody to perish, but you've refused. In fact, in the book of Genesis, we understand there comes a point where God says, I'll no longer deal with you. I've asked you 2,000 times to get saved and you refused. I'll never ask again. He said, well, that's an unfair God. No, that's a just God. So we don't want to be here when that wrath is here, and we're not going to be here because of the rapture. But notice, this picture of Daniel, sometimes we forget this. This picture of Daniel in the lion's den is simply a picture of the miracles that God can do. God still works miracles today. That's impossible to what would happen. Impossible. But God's a God of miracles. Don't give up in your life today. Now, verse 25. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples and the nations of every language throughout the land. May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. Shine so you make God look good. For he is a living God and endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed and his dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves us. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So verse 28, so Daniel what? Prospered. He prospered during the reign of Darius, during the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. Now, let me read you a verse, and then I have a few more things I want to say to you. Proverbs 11a, just write it down, says this. The righteous man is rescued from trouble, and it comes on the wicked instead. That's exactly what you saw. Now, it's clear to us that we 
are in intense struggle with evil forces. So I want to give you four ways to have spiritual victory. You and I, in a sense, are in a lion's cage. It's called the world. That system is trying to devour us. And there's a big roaring lion in that cage called Satan himself. Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 5 in your Bibles, if you will. 1 Peter chapter 5. Now, because we're always involved, all of us, in spiritual warfare, there are some keys to spiritual victory. So I want want you to write them down and maybe just put them in a a section of your Bible that when you're on that temptation or that that attack, that you can go back to these. Notice what Peter tells us, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, very personal, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So what should I do? Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kinds of suffering. So let's write the first one. We need to be alert to Satan's devices, the way he works. One of Satan's great ways of deception, since he's an angel of light, people either go to two extremes, really, with Satan. Everything is a demon. There's demons everywhere. Or there is no Satan at all. Satan loves to do that. He does that with the Spirit. He does it with so many things, grace and the law. He just loves to do that. Let me just remind you, Peter says, you have an enemy. It's very personal. You say, well, Pastor Mark, that enemy's against the church and is against you because you're a pastor. Well, that's exactly right. But if you're a Christian, he's against you. He hates you. So that's the enemy. We have to be alert to his devices. This is not a playground. You know that. As you watch this world, it's not like it used to be. Number two, here James chapter 4 says this. Just write that verse down, then we'll relate it to number two. Submit yourselves then to God. Submit yourself. Willingly submit yourself to God. God, I want your will. I know this isn't from you. Resist the devil, and then he will flee from you. You see, when God and Satan are together, God always wins. When I'm with Satan, I won't win unless I have God with me. You cannot fight Satan in your own strength. We're unwilling to do that. We cannot do that. So we resist the devil by being firm in the faith. Now, how do I do that? How can I be firm in the faith? We do this through prayer and the word of God. Just like when Jesus was tempted, he prayed and he quoted the word of God. That's how I resist. That's how faith comes. God, help me in this situation. I need to ask for your strength. I want to resist the devil. I realize he's there. I don't want to flow with him. I want to resist him. Help me, God. And number three, then you have to submit to God. You have to submit and live by his plan. God, the battle that I'm in, it's not by accident. You've allowed it. So help me. The enemy's against us. You promised that I could defeat the enemy. Greater is he that's in me than in the world. So I submit to you. I'm not going to try to do it myself. I need your help. Strengthen me. And then number four, pray at all times. Let me read to you Ephesians 6. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests, 
with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the saints. See, prayer had been a daily habit three times a day for Daniel for probably 65, 70 years. Every day he was praying. It is the deciding factor in spiritual warfare. I want you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7. Make a couple comments, and then we'll finish. So the four ways, be alert to Satan's devices, resist the devil by faith, submit to God, and then keep praying. God, deliver me. Now, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7. Peter kind of tells us, because for sure, some of you are here, you're going right through this huge trial. I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. Now you know where I got the little phrase that I use. Faith that isn't tested can't be trusted. It's from Peter. These trials will show your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, watch what will happen. It will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. So what do we see? God wants our faith to grow. How does he make that grow? There's only really one way. Trials and difficulty. He tests us to allow that trial, that difficulty to stretch us. Some of you are being stretched. Thank God for it. He's there, and it's going to show that your faith is genuine. Don't be weak. We all have a little faith. Let it grow. Sitting in a safe place will never test your faith. We never see God saying that. He said, Pastor Mike, I'd just like to go to heaven. I don't want to. No, stepping out is where God wants you. Go into all the world. That's going to require stepping out. Go to your neighbor. Go to a friend. Go to your boss. Go to an enemy. Ask forgiveness. That's stepping out. Stepping out to do the will of God always tests our faith. When we started the church, we stepped out. We just stepped out. We're still stepping out today. We just got back from that area in Asia. That was a stepping out for us because we didn't know what to expect. Nothing like they have to go through. But it was a challenge for us. See, faith is a muscle. It needs to be exercised. Remember, you have history with God. Allow that history to jumpstart your faith. And the last thing I want you to write is faith allows us to do whatever God calls us to do. You can't sit in a safe place and do the will of God. You're going to have to step out to do the will of God. That's the way God works. It's just simply the way God works. Follow me is a step of faith in following God. Today, Pastor Mark reminded you in his teaching that the people that Daniel worked for knew about his devotion to God. You were told that knowing and serving God isn't a guarantee of no difficulties. Rather, hard times are an opportunity for you to display to your unbelieving friends and family how God can get you through difficult times, which is a powerful witness. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. 
All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. This wraps up Pastor Mark's teaching series, Faith, the Lifestyle that Pleases God. We hope that these messages have opened your eyes a little more to one of the many sides of God's character. You were reminded about the relevance of the Bible to your life, even though it was written long ago. God's solutions for you can be found in His written Word. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. in a hurry.